Um, if you uh, if you would find in your Bibles cha- uh, Matthew chapter number three, Matthew chapter three. Let me pray for us. Like I said, I'm going to try to shorten this. So if I don't get through very far, maybe I'll uh, come back to it a little bit next week. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you the, for your spirit. Thank you for the um, the prayer and the uh, the the messages we've already had this morning. Lord, you're so good. And Lord, we um, we just lift your name up and ask that you would uh, speak to us this morning. Lord, I humbly ask that you use me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I, I believe that this year is supposed to be a year of preparation. And as I was, I was looking this week in, in Scripture about um, being prepared, uh, and I was, I was amazed at how many times God says that he was the one that would prepare, that he would go and prepare a place for us, that he's prepared uh, the kingdom for us, that he has prepared the um, you know, hell for the devil and his angels. Right, and it's it's continually. I'm preparing you for this, or I, you know, I've prepared you for this, or I'm going to prepare this for you. But there was someone in Scripture that it says that he would actually prepare a place for God. And as I was thinking, you know, um, I, I believe the Lord led me to pray. We were all together on Wednesday night. That uh, more than anything, we need God to come. We need the Lord to enter in with us, whether that's, you know, we need him in our lives personally. We need him to, to step into our hearts and to whatever we're facing. We, we need him to step in here with us and meet with us whenever we come together. We need him to step into our, our area, to, to Willimannock and Wyndham and the surrounding area. We need him desperately to step into our country. So if we're going to prepare a, a way, a place for God to come. That's a pretty cool thought. So, who was this guy that prepared a place, or prepared a way for the Lord? And some of you are already going, oh, I know who that is. You know, in, um, in Matthew chapter uh, 11, um, uh, it says of John the Baptist, uh, behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. And that's you know, Mal- Malachi chapter 3 and Isaiah uh, mentioned that John is the great way preparer before, before the Lord for him to come. The Lord himself, God himself to come, that he would send a messenger ahead of him to prepare the way. This is really reminiscent of a king that oftentimes when a king would go to an area, they would, they would prepare the way before him, before him. They would actually prepare the road. Um, they would go in and they would repair the road, oftentimes making the road straight, where it may have a little curve, they'd make the road straight, or even knocking down some hills so it wouldn't be up and over hills or, or filling in valleys. So the way would be more prepared for the king to come, which is exactly what happened. Jesus came as the king, and John the Baptist came in to prepare the way before him. So if we're going to uh, prepare the way of the Lord, there's a few ways that I, I believe we need to do, do that this morning. Uh, if you look, at, look with me in Matthew 3, 
says, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is the one referred to by Isaiah the prophet when he said, The, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself had a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Uh, good food. Have anybody, that's, that's what you've had for Sunday dinner. Locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem was going out to him, and all Judea and all the district around the Jordan. And they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they confessed their sins. One thing that you know we see about John the Baptist is that um, he was extreme in his sanctification. He was ex- extreme. Now, I, I don't know about you, but he, he, he was in a, a leather, hairy garment, you know, a leather belt. He, w- he lived an ascetic life. We, people uh, think he wasn't part of the ascetic group that was there, the Essenes, but he definitely lived an ascetic life. They, they believed that he lived out here by the Jordan River, lived in a cave is what they, they believe, and that Jerusalem and all Judea says they came out to him, which is about a full day's journey. So if you think about it, okay, they're on foot, maybe on a mule or something, but they were going to. They had to go a day's journey to be able to go out here and hear this preacher. Now we have a hard time getting people to come, you know, fifteen, twenty minutes, <laughs> right? But they walked a day. They probably had to spend the night out there, camp out before they would go back, just to hear a preacher out in the wilderness. And this guy was in. Uh, you know, he looked funny. He, he maybe had a grasshopper, you know, in his beard or something, right? He, he ate funny. He, he talked a little bit funny. And what he did is he called them out to repentance. He called them out to confess their sins and to repent. And if we're going to prepare the way of the Lord, that's one thing that we need to do. Like I said, I'm trying to kind of rush through this a little bit this morning. Um, but we need to live a life of repentance. We need to live a life where um, we don't look and act like the world. As even as John brought them out to be baptized in the Jordan for repentance and they confessed their sins, we need I'm not saying you need to be ascetic, meaning you don't need to live away from the world. You don't need to beat your body. You don't need to um, I, I believe in fasting, but I'm not you don't have to go on a rigid time of fasting where you're fasting you know three four times a month and you're you're praying four or five times a day it's good for some people i'm not saying it's good if you if god's called you to do that but god hasn't called everybody to do that and that's fine too but we do we are called to live a life of sanctification a life where we don't look like the world and right now unfortunately i think a lot of the church not everybody praise god but a lot of the church looks very much like the world in how we, what we say. I know Pastor Kevin mentioned, you know, that maybe we've made some, some jokes or cruel jokes. We, we, we've said things. We've, we've entered into conversations that we shouldn't have been. We look like the world a lot. We, you know, a lot of times we'll, you know, the, you know, the, the way we talk, the, the, the things we look at online, the movies we see, the... the we often look just like the world. And we have to look different. John physically looked different. Right? 
please don't come in here in, in camel's hair and leather belt next week, okay? I'm not asking for that. But in the way we act, we need to look different, right? Yes. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe you intentionally say, hey, you know what? I'm going to have my Bible out on my desk. Yeah. And, you, and you may get flack for that. All right, that's okay. I'm going to look different. Maybe it's, uh, you know what, I'm not going to participate when, when somebody starts gossiping or when somebody starts telling bad jokes, I'm going, to, I'm going to immediately say, no, I'm not going to participate in that. But we're going to look different. So we need to live a life, a sanctified life, uh, repenting uh, quickly of our sins. Um, look, uh, look further now in uh, verse 7. It says, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Do not suppose that you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that from these stones, God is able to raise up children to Abraham. The axe is already laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I'm not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clear his threshing floor. He will gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. You know, one thing that... that uh, John did is he wasn't afraid to rail against religion. Honestly, right now it's kind of hard to do that um, because there is that. I'll, I'll be I'll be very frank. It was hard for me to stand up this morning and say, "Look, what happened earlier this week was wrong," and because there's a lot of people out there, and I've seen it when you stand up. And you say, "Look, this side of Christianity is wrong." They will say that you're a hip, you are you are wrong for doing that. And how could you not stand up? And how could you not be on this side? And you have, you have left the faith that because you you're not saying, "Hey, it was right for everybody to do X, Y, and Z." But we have to be able to stand up and say, "This is right." And this is wrong. Yes. John was, he, you know, the, the Pharisees came out to him. And these were the religious elite. They were the ones, and, and they did. They knew, a lot of the Pharisees knew the entire Old Testament word for word for word for word. They could, they could quote it back to you. They knew it. They, everyone looked to them as, as the pastor of the pastors. They looked to the Pharisees as and the, the Sadducees and the, and the Sanhedrin as the, the, the leaders of Israel. They were, the, they were not only the spiritual leaders, but they were the political leaders of Israel itself. Of course, they had the Romans and they had Herod as their, the more the political. But these folks were the cream of the crop. And John says to them, You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee the wrath to come? I'm wondering if somebody were to stand up and say that today, what would happen to them? 
Wednesday I was in prayer and um, I was praying about what was going on uh, Wednesday morning. So this is before everything broke out at the Capitol. And, but I knew that uh, there'd be a vote. And so I was just praying and asking the Lord, excuse me as I fix my mic here, it's not behaving. And I saw over the Capitol, I saw the, I saw the Capitol in D.C. and I saw a billowing, rolling cloud uh, coming over the Capitol. But it stopped kind of halfway and, and the other side was light. And, and it was like a huge, billowing, ugly-looking, rolling, rolling, rolling cloud. But on the other side, it was bright and, and sunny. And, and I said, okay, Lord, you know, what, what, what are you saying here? And I felt like, you know, kind of some of the prayers of the saints were holding back the cloud. And, and um, then I, I really didn't, I don't feel like I got as far with the Lord as what I, I wanted to. And then, I, then later that afternoon, I saw everything break out. I was like, okay, Lord, you were telling me something more. What in the world were you showing me? Because I had a picture of this Wednesday morning before everything happened at the Capitol. And I, as I was reflecting and, and praying about it, I felt, you know, the Lord often comes in a cloud also. So, okay, Lord, what? what? So, actually, I actually sent a, uh, a friend of mine, a, a prophetic friend, said, okay, I'm not getting this. Would you, can you help me with this? And he said, I think what the Lord is saying is there's a choice. You know, in Deuteronomy, it, it says, um, choose, choose who you're going to serve. Mm-hmm. Choose life, and you're going to have life, or choose death, and you're going to have death. But you choose who you're going to serve. And I believe John was giving that choice a lot. I baptize you for, with water for repentance, but who is coming after me is mightier than I. I'm not fit to remove his sandals. His winnowing fork is in his hands. He will clear the threshing floor. He will gather the wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. You know, the same one that brings the dark cloud is also the same one that brings the light. The same one that brings the, the fire and burning up the chaff is also the same one that brings the life and the light and the new growth. And I believe that our country is at a precipice. It is standing, if you will, on the edge of a knife. And it can fall either side. And we need to be the ones that, like John the Baptist, are not afraid to stand up and to say, we've got to make the right choice. Because if we don't, the cloud is right there swirling. And I believe what we saw, um, for one reason or the other, what we saw on Wednesday is a lot of people that made the wrong choice. And that cloud kind of won out. Now, as I said, God, I think, is in the cloud also. But he lets us make a choice. And I'm, what I want to see us as a church do, because I, I, I believe you guys will make the right choice. I'm not concerned with you as much. But we can, we can affect and influence the world through our prayers. We can influence our country through our prayers and through our speech and through... Uh, the way we interact with people, that the country and the world around us to make the right choice. So I'm imploring us to, to, to really 
take hold in prayer so that we can um, so that we can change our world. Amen. There we go. Maybe that maybe that'll work now. Sorry. And lastly, and if I could spend time, he'll give me, he'll give me five minutes. <laughs> five, ten, fifteen, twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one thing that John did is he prepared the sacrifice. It says then Jesus arrived from Galilee. This is verse thirteen from Galilee to Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him, saying. I have need to be baptized by you, and you come to me? But Jesus answering and said to him, Permit it this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And he permitted him, and after being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened. He saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him, and behold, the voice of the heavens, This is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. You know, um, one thing that uh, theologians kind of disagree on a little bit um, is they don't know where, where John got this idea of baptism. They, they speculate. And I, some people say, well, you know, the, the Jews practiced ritual cleansing and they would, they would, they would wash. And sometimes they'd, they'd even come in before they could go into the temple and they, they would have a, a, if you will, a... a Baptismal font that they go and they dip themselves in, they could go into the temple. Um, some people say that um, the Jews, when they would get a proselyte, a Gentile, that they would baptize the Gentile uh, for them to be able to be part of Judaism. But they kind of scratch their heads and say, we don't know where that came from. But as I was praying about this uh, this last week, I believe the Lord showed me a lot um, where this idea of baptism came from. You know that, um, that Jesus said that, um, that John was the Elijah to come. I don't have to go through that with everybody, right? Does everybody remember that? Um, Malachi chapter 4 says Elijah is going to come first, and then Jesus said, if you'll accept it, John is the Elijah that came. If you look in... Um, 1 Kings uh, 17. 1 Kings 17. I'm sorry. Uh, 18. 1 Kings 18. And you know what I'm going to do? I am not going to read through this just for sake of time. Um, Let me just tell you. Um, if you want to look up back and go through it yourself, do it. It's, it's a good story. This is with Elijah at Mount Carmel. Remember the God contest? He goes to uh, the king and says, Hey, you know what? I'm tired of all the, the, the Baal worship. Get all the prophets of Baal to come. And uh, there's like 450 prophets of Baal. They come and they say, Okay, he said, Okay, we're going to set up two altars. Right? You're going to put a sacrifice on the altar. The God that answers in fire, that's the God. The other one, he's not God. So Baal goes first, they set up the altar, put the, the, um, they prepare the, the sacrifice, put it on the altar, and, and all day the prophets of Baal are, are saying, hey, Baal, send fire, send fire. They start cutting themselves, right? 
Send fire, send fire, nothing. Elijah taunts him a little bit. Hey, maybe he's asleep. <laughs> maybe, maybe he is, uh, the, the word actually is maybe he, he's occupied. It's, it's uh, occupied um, uh, in the restroom. It's kind of the idea. Maybe he's, maybe he's, uh, maybe he's occupied. Maybe, maybe he can't hear you. Right? And then it says that it came time and Elijah repaired the altar of the Lord. And he took 12 stones. Right? He took the 12 stones and put them up. And then put the sacrifice on top of them. Um, verse 31. Took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob. To whom the, the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. These stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. This is 32. Put a trench around the altar, large enough to hold two measures of seed. And then what did he do in verse 34? Fill four pitchers with water and pour it over the burnt offering. So he poured it, do it a second time, do it a third time. Four times three is 12, right? Is that, am I still right in that? So he's got these 12... Right pitchers of water that he's poured over all of the stones and the sacrifice. If you will, he baptized the sacrifice. It kind of gives new light when you go back to Matthew 3 and um, John says... uh, in verse 9, I just read it. We have Abraham for our father, for I say to you that from these stones, God is able to raise up children to Abraham. What stones? What water? Well, this is Elijah. The 12 stones of Israel that Elijah set up and put all the water on. And then ultimately, what happens? is the sacrifice gets baptized. Jesus. Just as the sacrifice was on Elijah's altar and got water poured all over it, Jesus comes as the ultimate sacrifice and gets baptized by John. And we know that God's judgment ultimately gets poured out on Jesus instead of us as a sacrifice. You know, he prepares the, John prepares the way for the Lord. He, he uh, prepares the sacrifice. But you know, we all need to also ask of ourselves, are we ready to sacrifice? If you remember, John was beheaded by Herod. Jesus, we know, was crucified. Simon, Peter, he was crucified upside down because he uh, didn't didn't want to be um, killed in the same manner as Jesus, didn't feel worthy. James, John's brother, was beheaded. John, out of all the the apostles, he's the only one that that, uh, died of a um, natural cause. But uh, church history would say that he was actually thrown into boiling oil but survived that. Andrew was crucified upside down on an X-shaped cross. Philip was crucified 
Bartholomew, he was uh, skinned alive and beheaded. Matthew, it seems, Matthew was burned to death. Thomas was impaled by spears. James was stoned and and clubbed to death. Simon, the other Simon, was sawed or axed to death. Jude was saw, he's either sawed or axed to death as well. And we know that um, Judas Iscariot hanged himself. All the apostles of the Lamb, all the, the ones that were with Jesus, all but John, John suffered himself, but all of them suffered a martyr's death. And oftentimes a very, very horrific martyr's death. And as we prepare for the Lord, my question for us is how much are we willing to give? How much of our life are we willing to lay down? Whether that is just internally, how much are we willing to lay down? How much are we willing to lay down for our time, for our effort? How many things are we willing to lay down? Are we willing to lay our very life down? John did. Jesus did. All the fathers in our faith, the original twelve, all did. Except for John. What about us? I believe what the Lord wants is I believe He wants to come. I believe He wants to step in. I believe He wants to just be present with us. He wants to come in in a powerful way and make just, he wants us to come together and he wants to, to, to come and up, walk up and down the aisles and sit in the chairs and, and let us worship around um, the throne with him right there present with us. But I believe some of that is up to us to prepare the way for him. Making sure that we walk a sanctified and holy life that's not going to get you to saved but because we're saved and because we have him then we need to just out of love I believe we need to be willing to uh, speak the truth we need to stand up for what's right we um, we need to realize that it's about a relationship and not about religion it's not about what you do in order to get you to save. It's about that relationship that you have with the Lord Himself. And ultimately, I believe that He's present when we sacrifice. It may be small things. It may be time. It may be money. It may be effort. It may be that we uh, sacrifice. You know, the the little things that we have. It may be in the that we lay down in our very lives. But in that willingness to lay it all down for him, he'll come. Let's prepare the way of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, help us. As that you would Lord, we want you to come. 
And I know that's a sovereign thing that you do. Some of it depends upon us. Mostly it's just when you decide. But Lord, for the, the, the part that depends on us, help us to say yes. Whatever we need to do. Whatever we need to lay down. However we need to act or change how we're acting. Lord, I pray that you will give us the heart. pray that you'll give us the integrity, the um, the tenacity to do whatever it takes. And Lord, let us lay everything down for you. Lord, I continue to just bless each person here, those who are listening at home, all of our families. I cover them now with the blood of the Lamb. And I sign a, a holy fire to be about them, that nothing would be able to come near them to harm them. I speak your provision over each one. Whatever they need in life right now, Lord, I ask that you'd provide it, whether that is physically or financially, emotionally, spiritually. Lord, I ask for your provision to be abundant upon each person. Everyone connected with our families. Lord, I pray your an abundant provision of grace and mercy and love. Whatever is needed, Lord, I pray you'll provide. Lord, we thank you. Lord, I speak life and health to each person as well. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for the prayers today. I know I really felt the presence of the Lord here when, as we were praying together. Let's, con- let's keep it up. Let's continue to pray for um, our area. Willimannic or our towns and um, let's let's pray for our country we really really need it we'll I believe together as we stand we'll be we'll be change makers and for our generation amen